This episode of the Everything is Marketing podcast is brought to you by the MLive Media Group as we head into episode 22, where you can get all of the episodes of the MLive Media Group uh, podcast, Everything is Marketing, online at the MLiveMediaGroup.com or subscribe via iTunes and then you don't have to search for it. You'll get it delivered right to your phone the nanosecond that they are done. Without further ado, please subscribe and enjoy episode 22 of the Everything is Marketing podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. Today on the show, we talk about pay what you want for movies, how you ruin a social campaign, and something you should be doing with Snapchat that you should start tomorrow. So a few weeks back, Coke attempted a social campaign where they wanted to make the web happy by turning tweets, mean ones, into ASCII art. And uh, the campaign took off, and some of the crew at Gawker, um, namely this guy named Sam Biddle, uh, wanted to uh, take over the campaign. So they wrote a bot, and what that bot did is take lines from Hitler's Mein Kampf and tweet them directly to Coke. And in turn, Coke would tweet them back uh, an image made of ASCII art and then uh, add the text that said, we turned the hate you found into something happy. Uh, eventually, Coke turned off the bot when they figured out what was happening and killed the campaign. And afterwards, a lot of people have been writing and talking about how it ruined Coke's campaign and that Sam and the crew at Gawker should be ashamed of themselves. Even the founder of Gawker, Nick Denton, is engaged as we speak right now in a heated debate with Sam, who claims that he did the stunt because all brands are, quote, evil, and he's out to cleanse that evil with... You guessed it, branding uh, in the version of Gawker, because that branding, according to him, is uh, not branding at all. And I will spare you the tete-a-tete between those two, but if you look up Nick Denton and Sam Biddle, uh, it is well worth your read this afternoon if you're looking for something to read. Here's the deal. This is, uh, well, there's two things. One, the genius of the bot is funny and certainly should be um, something that you see in a democratic internet. You'll just see that happen. And if you are going to run a social campaign that automatically responds to users with a prefabricated message and you're not babysitting it all the time, this stuff is going to happen to you over and over and over and over again. It's happened to Chevy. It's happened to McDonald's. It's happened to Pepsi. It's happened to Jeep. It's happened to Burger King. It happens to all of them because they do a set it and forget it campaign. And I pray for the best, I guess. And and I know in this age of social where you're on 24-7, it gets really, really, really difficult to mine the store. But in this age of 24-7 social, it becomes really, really, really vital that you do as much of this live as you possibly can. That's not to say that you can't run a bot campaign like this, that if you tweet at the hashtag, it responds automatically with a given message. But somebody, anybody in the organization that you can trust needs to be watching that stuff immediately. Because if you can catch the mind comp bot uh, immediately, you might be able to save the campaign and not actually have to turn it off. Much like when McDonald's did uh, the mixed stories where they wanted to launch the campaign talking about where their food was coming from, uh, you know, that it came from a farm and it ended up on a McDonald's uh, menu and then ended up on a plate. That went horribly wrong for them as well because people took it over and owned the hashtag. And this is the, the other thing about social. If you're getting into Twitter or certainly getting into Twitter campaigns, you cannot own a hashtag. 
You just can't. You can use a hashtag and manage it to what you want to do, but you do not own a hashtag. Anybody can uh, circumvent or jump in and steal your hashtag or direct it in a way that you don't want it directed. So it becomes really, really important when you're doing campaigns on Twitter and Instagram specifically, not so much uh, Facebook where hashtags exist, but not to the level they do on those other platforms, that you are managing the hashtags as best as you can. But remember, if you're in a meeting and somebody says we should own the hashtag blank, please ask that person to get up and leave because you cannot own a hashtag. You will get hijacked uh, inevitably. It's happened to major brands that have huge social media teams. So it's probably going to happen to you if you think that you can own a hashtag. No matter how unique it is, somebody can jump in and take it over and kind of ruin it for you. So the two lessons out of this Coke Gawker war is number one, those things are going to happen to your campaign and to others' campaigns, and it's how you respond and how fast you respond that uh, change the direction and the conversation going on with, with your social campaign. The other thing to learn is the more social you can do live and the more you can mind the store, the better overall it's going to be. You have to stay on top of that stuff at all costs if you can. If you can't, be very, very careful with what hashtag you pick and do some research before you start playing around with it and attempt to quote-unquote own it. Remember, you can't own it, but most people want to think that they can or at least want to attempt to own it for the sake of the campaign. Okay, uh, I'm going to talk about movies for a second and David Cross, who you might remember from Mr. Show or Arrested Development uh, or the various sundry roles he's played in video games, specifically Grand Theft Auto. He just released his directorial debut on BitTorrent and uh, modeling himself after what Radiohead did where they released their album with the Pay What You Want model. They are also doing the Pay What You Want model. Uh, the movie is called Hits, so you can check that out and pay what you want. It's an interesting thing that I want to pay attention to. My friend Two Eagles, Marcus, sent it to me and I'm very, very interested in this idea of this pay what you want model because this is as you look at the research and see what specifically millennials want to do with their digital money, what they're going to spend on digital things, they do not mind paying for movies and television. They just want to pay for it on their dime and in their way that they want to pay for it. So they want to watch HBO Go, but they don't want to have a cable subscription in order to do so. And HBO has listened and allowed you to have an HBO Go subscription without being tiered to a cable or internet or uh satellite provider, which is exactly what that audience wants to do. So this is an interesting experiment. It's not an experiment, I think, at this point that's going to be particularly applicable applicable, excuse me, to things like Fifty Shades of Grey or things like Avengers 2 or Ant-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy 2 or Star Wars because these big movies – I'm a movie guy. And so those big movies you need to see in the experience and the feel uh, that is a movie theater. That's my opinion. I would literally watch just about anything on an IMAX theater. And since currently I can't own an IMAX theater, a movie theater is where I want to go and where I want to be. And so while this is not going to be an overarching sweeping strategy that you're going to see happen in movies, it does raise some interesting questions for smaller movies, indie movies. You're already seeing uh, on DirecTV and on HBO, uh, not HBO, on Xbox One, you're already seeing uh, same day as theater. So some smaller movies that end up in theater that uh, aren't going to do blockbuster numbers, you might see 
see them show up on your TV in some way, shape, or form on the same day. So if you want to watch them at home, you can do that. This is much the same, except it wants you to opt in and pay what you feel the art is worth. And if it's anything like the Radiohead, the first time they did it for that Radiohead album in Rainbows, they made a little bit over a million dollars in cash for people paying for what they want. Not sure what the net profit was for that, but a million dollars from people as they pay for what they feel like your art is worth is not too bad for a day's notice. Now, as far as movies go, that's not the same sort of scalability. So as we follow this story, it'll be interesting to see how much money they actually make. And I'm still getting a lot of questions about Snapchat and things that you might be able to do. And if you check Snapchat today, you'll be able to see the Westminster Dog Show stuff that they're doing. And that's exactly what you might want to play around with. People love the behind the scenes stuff. So if you're a brand that's playing around on Snapchat and you have the ability to do behind the scenes stuff or a day in the life, story is a great thing to start playing around with. And story is the ability, if you haven't played with it, the ability to take the snaps that you would put up during the day and put them into a linear fashion. So tell an actual story and leave them up for 24 hours. They're not up for uh, 10 seconds. So you can leave them up for 24 hours and people can follow around with your story. So if you're the Westminster Dogs Dog Show, you can tell a story about the start of the dog show, uh, backstage of dogs being groomed, dogs being out on the field, walking around, dogs winning an award, and then the after show, wherever the dogs go to get all dog drunk or whatever they do when they win a, an award at the Westminster Dog Show. That is a great way to tell a story on Snapchat. And if you have a brand that's a restaurant or a media company or you do a show or you um, have some sort of uh, day in the life thing that you could tell, it's a great thing to start playing around with on Snapchat. So get up in the morning, uh, take a snap of you getting up in the morning, uh, head off to your first appointment, take a snap of that, put all of that into a story and tell everyone what you do day in and day out and give them a behind the scenes look. This isn't something you need to do every day. You should do different snaps if you're going to play around with Snapchat on a daily basis. But once a week, it might be fun to tell that behind the scenes story to people that are following you on Snapchat. Okay, we will check back in tomorrow. If you have questions, as always, you can find me on Twitter or Facebook at Polymath and Vine. Have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday afternoon. We'll talk tomorrow. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkrin.